0: Chris Friesen
1: Hello Ben
0: So your aunt called you
1: Oh she she wanted to call me She was like really late On Facebook Messenger She messaged me and said that she wanted to call me uh, She never did So like
0: Let me, let me in on that what, what happened That's your mom's sister The yeah, one who so... you were going to stay with When you were on tour
1: yeah, so there's kind of—I don't—I don't even know how this came to be. Really, I don't know how she heard about this. I mean, I don't—I don't post the podcast or the cast anywhere or anything like that. But so what happened is I'm just sitting on the computer, and uh, people that know me—I have a, a sleeping problem. I don't sleep very well, so it was very late, um, and I get this just a ping, a message and she's like hey i listened to your, the, like two episodes or something of the cast and it's like if you have any questions about anything don't feel free to ask and like and then she's messaging saying like uh we should talk soon like i want to call you and we'll we'll chat and when the thing is like i have to like put aside a whole afternoon because when she calls it's just like she just talks we just talk for hours so um but she hasn't called yet she's got a, i think I think she works with asbestos now, so she's like really busy all the time, so it's really hard to get her on the phone um She's usually like either working a lot or she's trying to sleep, so she hasn't called me yet.
0: well, when you talk to her man, you gotta get that uh capture that audio, and who knows, man, she might know some info that that we haven't even talked about yet, so it'll be pretty interesting,
1: yeah, it's gonna be um. I, I have some questions for her, so I think it's going to be pretty uh, pretty interesting. Uh, I don't have her phone number or else I'd give her a call, but she has mine, so we'll see how this goes.
0: I'm Ben Grenell, and this is Character. Episode 13, Grabbing Pennies. so i think we left off man um you had just uh you'd just broken up with the band you had all these things going through your head you were sleep deprived living off of red bull and beef jerky d-bag was being the ultimate d-bag And you got stuck at a show in Selkirk and you're on your way home and you're about to, to go to your turn off to your house and you just drove right past it.
1: Yeah, (laughs) man. So like, I kind of did a little recap, I listened to a little bit of the end there and uh, of the last one, I said some funny, I said some things that cracked me up, but yeah, basically what happened was, yeah, I had, met this girl and we were on our way back to winnipeg and the girl that i was sitting in the back seat with she's like uh she's like no nah, d- like you're not going home not like don't go home <laughs> i'm like wait <laughs> i i, I kind of really really want to go home in my head i'm like i really really want to go home but then like uh the driver and this other guy that was in the, in the car too um uh they're like, no, come on man. Like just come over, uh, hang out, it's like and whatever. I can't really exactly remember what they were saying, but eventually they swayed me not to go home. Actually, I think I mentioned it, they didn't give me really an option. They didn't turn off on my turn off, they just kept going. So I was like, All right, well, I guess I'm just gonna go with it. I think at this point in my life, like when I was in the band and stuff, I was doing a lot of like, I'm just gonna go with the flow kind of deal. Um, like Um, I didn't mention it before, but me and some of the guys would do this is where we would just like go with the flow and see where it kind of took us kind of deal. So I was just like, I I think I was still in that mindset and I'm just like, and I really like this girl. So I was just like, yeah, sure. I'm just going to come and hang out for a while, not knowing where they, where we were going. I had no idea where we were going, but I knew like, I knew we were going to this guy's house, but I didn't know, uh, where it was. So, um, we left Selkirk where I was stranded and then what ended up happening is we went to like a beer vendor and just got like a case of, I don't even know what it was. It might've been lucky. I don't know. Just like a case of this beer. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like so exhausted, (laughs) just like mentally exhausted, physically exhausted. I'm just like, okay, well, I guess we're going to go and have some beers and just like chill. So we go to this guy's house, which ends up being in the complete opposite side of the city from where I live. So like we get there, and I'm just like in, my, I'm just thinking like, holy crap! I, I feel like I'm stranded again. So like we're like we go into this guy's house, and we go into this guy's basement, and we just crack some beers and whatever. It's it's late, not really late, but I mean it's probably like midnightish, I guess, because. We just came back from the show from soccer. So we're sitting there drinking these beers, and all of a sudden, like, I guess there was, like, an after-party, or there was a party that was happening at this guy's place. So what ends up happening is, like, this house just gets filled with people. Like, there's just people coming from all over this area of the city, just, like, filling this house, and then, like, loud metal music starts playing, and just, like, I just, like... I just, I'm just, like, super overwhelmed still. And then fast forward four days, I'm still there.
0: Like, you were partying for four days straight at this guy's house.
1: Yeah. So, four days later, I'm still at this guy's house. And his parents aren't there, and, like, people... The the party seemed like it never no one ever left. It like everyone stayed there, slept there on the floor, woke up, we would like eat something that we found in this guy's freezer, we would just throw something in the oven, and then we would just continue we'd continue doing this for like four days. And this girl that I was with that like I knew from it from the show, she didn't live in the city, so she I guess she was staying at this guy's house. And she was there for, the like, the four days that I was there, too. So, like, four days of, like, straight partying has gone on. And, like, I'm just, like, I don't really know what's going on anymore. So, I'm, like, I kind of have to go home. Like, I just need to, like, go home and, like, sleep in a bed. Because I'm pretty sure, like... This place that we were at, this guy's basement, he had, like, three couches, and what we ended up doing was we would take all the couch cushions off, throw them on the ground, and then people would sleep on the couches without the couch cushions, and then everybody else would just sleep on the ground, like, on the couch cushions that were set out in, like, a big bed.
0: What were you guys doing? Like, were you guys just drinking, or...?
1: Yeah, like, it wasn't anything special. It was just, like, hanging out, drinking, and just having fun like talking about music and like i got to know all of these guys that i've never met before and this girl and all this other stuff was going on and like the the interesting thing about this whole whole situation is it all kind of ties in with current day so I ended up going to this party and met all of these random people that I've never met before. These are all like this is a part of the city that I don't think I've ever visited on my own before.
0: Dude, when you're at this party, like there are all these people there. Like does nobody have a job or like how, how is everybody just sitting there for 4 days?
1: And that's the thing. That's what I didn't understand. And it never really clicked in my head that that's what was going on. Was like no, it didn't seem like people were, some people were leaving and some people were like staying and it was kind of like off and on but it was like the core of people were always there like the ones that knew each other the most were always there so that was like really strange to me like the guy that um lived there he didn't have a job i know that for sure because we we hung out that entire summer um so basically after the four days of partying and everything and the, the, this guy sh- shows up there and he's like um we have this, like, reconnection of whatever. And I actually, like, end up actually going home after that. Like, I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna go and, you know, just kind of, like, chill out at home for a while. So I ended up doing that. So nothing real special happened. I just went home, saw my aunt, saw my grandfather, and just, like, ate some food, and just, like, recouped from this travels. And, like, my family didn't really ask that much, actually. The weird thing is, like, they knew that I was in a band, and they knew that I was, like, touring and stuff and whatever, but they were never interested in the type of music I, I, I was doing.
0: This is one thing that I don't get either. We don't know about um, you moving back to Winnipeg. Like, all the, uh, we know you're in Gimli, and we know you start a band, you start going on tour, but there's a point when you move back to Winnipeg.
1: Because oh, yeah. right now
0: you're living in Winnipeg, which is what you right, thought you're going right. home we didn't, for.
1: Right, we didn't talk about that. So before all this happened, I think it was the pre-pre. I think it was the pre-first tour. Did we not talk about this? I thought we did. Um, oh, we didn't talk about this. Okay, so uh, the girl that I was dating at the time, um, she 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 moved to the city. Uh, to go to university. She was at the U of M and she was going for law. She was in school for law and all of her friends and all the people we knew were also going to university and they didn't, um, they they were in for different things. They were in for some crazy, I don't know what they were doing, but they were always really busy. But the girl that I was dating at the time, she um, was not ever really busy. For some reason law just came naturally to her and she just like, aced everything and we could always just do whatever we wanted so when i wasn't on tour uh, she was housed at the u of m so when i wasn't on tour and i was staying at home in winnipeg is is i stayed with her but before that i actually ended up moving back to winnipeg so what ended up happening is we went on a tour I actually the White Caps got tired of me having to stop working and go on tour so they said if you go on tour you're going to have to quit your job and then you like that's it when you come back you don't have a job. And at this point in my life I'm like, "Well, damn, I'm like trying to live my dream here, trying to like play music for people and and make it in like this crazy music world." Um so I was like, "All right, you know what? When I get back, I'll just look for a new job." And the same thing well, and turguson's has um, got a little weird. So, like, I still had a job there. But when I got back from one of the tours, um, they were really, really weird towards me. So, like, when I went back to work, they were like, oh, you can start in, like, tomorrow. And then when I went in, they're like, oh, no, no, you got to start, like like, two days from now, and, like, the the managers and the the people that worked there were being really shady. They weren't, really giving me much information. It wasn't, like... And I was gone for a while that tour, too, so they weren't like, oh, hey, Chris, how was the tour and everything? Whatever, like, they normally are. They were just, like, hey, hey, what's up? Like, come back in a couple days. Like, they didn't really even care that I was back. So what ended up happening is, like, I didn't work there either. Like, I didn't, didn't get my job back there. So I had two places where I didn't have jobs. So... For like I don't I can't even remember how long it was, but like I didn't have a job, but I was living at the cabin still, and I needed to pay rent, but I couldn't because I didn't have a job. And I would go like on the daily. I think I applied at every single like place I could apply at in Gimli like twice, and no one was gonna, no one was hiring me. So I was just like, well, I'm in Shit's Creek. What am I gonna do here? And the really bad part about that was. When I was living in the cabin, I didn't have any money, so I didn't have any money for food. So, basically, I lost so much weight. Like, so much weight. Like, uh, my pants didn't fit anymore. Because I was going, like, once a day, I was, like, eating... Uh, like some rice like there was like the, there was the cabin right and then there was like the shelves and whatever they had like a box of rice and then event sometimes they would have like noodles or something and they had like tons of mushroom soup for some reason so I would just like make mushroom soup and rice like every second day or something like that so like there's some days where I'd go where I didn't eat at all that day so I lost so much weight like my pants my shirts didn't fit and I didn't really even realize it until the one guy from uh, Turkistan, he actually, um, he he uh, came to the cabin to see me, and he's like, "Hey, there's a smorgasbord happening at this church. Do you want to, you know, come and hang out? We haven't seen each other for a while. Have some food and talk." And I was like, "Sure, yeah." Like I haven't eaten in a long time, and I was like, "Well, I don't really have any money for this." And it's like, "Don't worry about it. it, it they go off for of discount or uh, donations." It's like, "We'll we'll donate, and then you can just sit at our table." And I was like, Okay, because him and his wife were really cool. So I did that, and then that's where I kind of realized, sunk into me that like I wasn't eating and I was losing so much weight. Uh, Is one of the girls that I used to work with at Turkistan? she's like, Oh, hey, Chris, like, what's up? And she's just like, Hey, she's like, Are you okay? It's like, Are you like, you're super skinny? Like, are you not eating? And then that's like, in my head, it clicked. Like, I don't have a job. I, I literally sit inside the cabin all day long on a computer like just looking things up and like I just eaten like a bowl of rice every like second day and and I just realized that I was like such a sh- bad spot like I was literally rock bottom I didn't have anything anywhere to go I didn't have anyone to contact I felt like I was just done
0: like your aunt and your grandpa, and nobody knew about this at this point. It was just kind of like you in the cabin.
1: Yeah, like I haven't talked to any of them for so long. So, sorry, the, the timelines in this is going to be really messed up. But
0: and like, the, okay. so you're not eating, and D Big, and all these other guys, they like they're not even concerned. They're not like, hey, man. Like you look like you're losing weight, or like, like what would they do? Like, wouldn't you? Wouldn't everyone make dinner and then you'd eat something together? Or was it just kind of like they didn't even care?
1: No, they it, it, they didn't even really care. It was it was like I just felt alone, so alone because like they would not like they wouldn't help at all they like i didn't even i didn't ask them for help but it's the but same thing is like they saw me sit there every day and not eat and like they would eat and i wouldn't so it's like they knew where i was in life they knew that i was in a rut but they were the only thing they were one of them was trying to help with was for me to find a job um sometimes miles would go to his parents and like bring back some leftovers and like he'd be like here you can have something of this while i eat the rest kind of thing but um yeah it it almost felt like they didn't even notice that like i was in such a shithole
0: they would eat and you wouldn't like dude if if i was living with one of my homies and he or she wasn't eating and it was quite apparent like first of all we'd probably just all eat together we'd make like a big meal of something and everybody would eat but like I don't know. I, I I just can't believe it that people would just be like, eh, guys on his own."
1: Yep, that's what it felt like. I, I, it was like I was just on my own, like no help whatsoever. Um, and it was super depressing. Like I like I, I said, I felt super alone, and I felt like I had nowhere to go and I had nothing to like grab onto. I had no control over anything I was doing at the time because I didn't have a job and like my friends my so-called friends didn't even notice that I was like really in this, this rut. It was, it was pretty bad.
0: So you called up your gramps and you, yep. Uh, yep. you didn't say hi to him. We know that much because you don't say hi to your grandpa. You just pick up the phone, yep. Yep. tell your gramps you want to come home. And he's like, you got it, bud.
1: Well, we talk about things and like, uh, and then, Really, there wasn't Yeah, there wasn't much conversation. It was just like, I want to come home.
0: Just to kind of recap, you moved back to Winnipeg before you broke up with the band.
1: Yeah, yes. I don't think we mentioned that before, but yes, I moved back no, to Winnipeg. So we're, we're rewinding a bit, but now we're yeah. fast forwarding. Yeah. So, I get back to Winnipeg, and it got really weird here because the house that I grew up in, it was the house that I was staying in and it felt really weird because my grandfather had fixed up the kitchen and i always remember the kitchen because my grandmother would smoke in the kitchen and the ceiling was all yellow and now it was just like this brand new kitchen it was all white and everything and i just in my head i was just like why 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 didn't we do this when i was a kid like why didn't we fix this place up like i i remember he was uh, when i was a kid he was trying to do renovations but there was a hallway and he had just destroyed it and then it was just like wood and dust and that's all it was. And we had a carpet thrown over the wooden dust and I just remember walking across it and like he always said he was going to fix it up and he never did. But when I decided to leave is when he started to fix it up. Um, And then I found out the only reason he was fixing up the house was because he was selling it. So I was like, well, I thought you wanted me to have the house. But I also didn't feel like I deserved the house at all because I just like got up and left and didn't really say anything. I just kind of went and moved to Gimli. So I feel like my grandfather thought, well, oh, well, he doesn't want the house. He's he's going to go make a life of his own like the rest of my grandfather's kids just, like, effed off. So this this part is is, is pretty, pretty boring. It was just me being at home... Um, battling with my demons uh me talking to this girl and then talking to these guys that i partied with for four days um, uh, who were pretty accepting for me to be in their like group of friends they like talked to me all the time and it was pretty cool um so i ended up getting a job at 7-eleven so that this was my first job in like a long time and it felt really good to have a job <laughs> i was like i have a job i don't care that it's at 7-eleven i have a job um, but the job started at on uh, night time it was like from like eleven to seven in the morning or something like that. I can't remember what the shift was, but it was like a late night shift um so I had like one day of day training and then I had one day to sleep and then after that is I started seven eleven uh the night shift and It was so stressful. I've never ran so many laps in my, in my life. Like I had to get the floors cleaned and I had to basically, I had to get all this stuff done in a night. And the manager looked at the, like the, the feed because I was left on my own and she looked at the feed and she's just like, you are nuts. Like you were running around like crazy. And I'm just like, I needed to get everything done that you told me I needed to get done.
0: Oh, like the video feed you're saying? Yeah,
1: the video feed. Like she she watched the she watched them prior night because uh, she wanted to see if I like you know if I screwed up or if I was slacking off. Right? There was only one spot in that 7-Eleven that the cameras didn't watch, and that's where everybody would like gather to like talk for a little bit. It was like this little corner by the till or by the, like um by the corner of like how you went to go behind the till. So very uninteresting. It was working at 7-Eleven, selling people Slurpees, had a stupid hairnet, because I still had long hair. It was awful. It was probably the worst job off that I had at that time. Um, But then something happened. (laughs) And um, I didn't work there anymore. So I still worked the night shift. And uh, I don't know. I felt like I was super safe all the time. But I guess I wasn't. So it was, I can't remember what time it was. But I remember just, like, getting trash. And I came out of the back room. And I looked up at the till to see, like, if anybody was there. And there was a guy standing there with a hockey mask. Or, like, a a balaclava or whatever the heck it's called on. And I'm just, like, super calm. Weirdly, I was super calm. I'm just, like, in my head, I'm just, like, oh, fuck. This is really happening, isn't it? So, sure enough, dude tells me to get behind the till and he's he's robbing the place. And he tells me to like open the till and give him the money and stuff like that. And he has a knife, and he's like using his hands to talk, right? So he's swinging his hands around. And um uh just just to let, you know, that this 7-Eleven that it worked at had they let me know that there was two bullet holes that possibly had bullets still in them on the side of the building. Anyway. Um so it wasn't, it wasn't in the poshiest area of town. But the thing is, it was in the neighborhood that I grew up in. This is the Seven Eleven that I would that I've been going to since I was a child. So like, I feel like the area that I lived in just got progressively worse as I grew up, and now it's just it was just terrible. So like, yeah. So I'm standing at behind this till, and <laughs> this is where it gets kind of like funny, but not funny at the same time. Is the guy's like, give me. The money from the till so i don't know why i i did this but i'm like i'm like okay so i open the till and i start with the pennies i put pennies in this bag like i felt like i didn't care about my life i start like i grab pennies handfuls of pennies and the guy's rushing me he's like let's go let's go let's go and then i'm like he's like he's like dog he's like put more in so i go for the nickels and i start putting nickels come on and this guy is getting so irate with me he's like the bills the bills and i'm like okay okay so i start giving the bills and it's just like fives i start putting fives in there and he's like he's like screw the money give me cigarettes and i'm like okay so i at this point i think i i've been working for a while so i know the the, the crappy cigarettes from the good cigarettes so i start grabbing the like super cheap cigarettes and i start putting them in this bag and he's like and in single packs not like that you can get them in packs in like cartons or whatever it is and i'm putting like single pack pack by pack into this bag and he's like the cartons or the big boxes whatever and i'm just like okay 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 so i started like i take the shittiest ones and i just like start putting the packs in and then he gets so mad and he just like grabs the bag and just like books it and in my head what I'm just did like you do after in my head I'm just i I just stood there and I'm just like okay so this guy probably has maybe twenty to thirty dollars in actual cash in that bag he has a ton of shitty cigarettes that he'll never be able to smoke because they'll go bad by the time he smokes them uh, and I'm just like man this guy really didn't get away with anything so I didn't know what to do. I honestly, I had no idea what to do. I didn't know if I had to call my manager first. I didn't know if I had to call the police first. I was just like, okay. Um, and the door doesn't have a lock, right? There's no do- lock on these doors. Cause it's a 24 seven place. They have, it's like this bar thing that you put on the door and you like click it. So like it's, so no one can get in. Uh, not like now, like, convenience stores have like electronic locks uh, late at night so if you if if you want to go into like a a max or a seven or, like a sketchy area you actually have to like push a button to open the door but no i had this like no, big bar thing and so i call my manager first i think i can't remember what order but i'm pretty sure i called yeah i had to call my manager i called her and she just wakes up and she's just like what? why why are you calling me i'm like um i just got robbed <laughs> she's just like what and i was just like she's just freaking out like call the police what is like what are you doing call the police so then i like okay she's like i'll be right there and and i'm like shaking like at this point like i'm just like it's all kicking in i just got like robbed by this dude and i had called the police and they come and they like they're looking around and they're asking me questions and then they go to the tapes to look at the tapes and i'm just like kind of like it's now it's like kind of past my shift i'm still there past my shift and i'm really tired because i have never really worked uh, midnight shifts before so they were really draining and by the time like it was time for my shift to be done i would normally just go home and just hit the bed and just pass out so i'm really tired and i'm just standing there and they're watching the tapes and the cops and my manager are watching them and they just jump back they like get shocked And I'm just like, what's going on? And they look at me and they're they're like inspecting my face. And they're like, are you okay? Like, is everything okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. It's like, are you hurt? Did you get hurt? And I'm like, no, I didn't get hurt at all. I guess what happened was when the guy was waving his knife around, it came like millimeters from my face.
0: So they
1: thought, yeah, so they thought that this guy had slashed me in the face or something like that. And that maybe I was like in shock and I didn't notice or something like that, and I'm just like no, like I'm good, um, I didn't get hurt. He just, you know, took some stuff and left, and then I called you guys. So yeah, they totally just like jumped back, and they were like, and, that, and like the thing is, that I've been around cops before, and and like usually they compose themselves like under situations like that, but they actually jumped, and it was really weird to see. So yeah, after that safe to say that I barely ever worked at that Seven Eleven again. They made me go to like therapy and they made me do all this. They sent me all these pamphlets and, and like this like box of like pamphlets and all this other stuff to like that I needed like psychology stuff or whatever the heck it is. And like, it was just like a big ordeal, um, about getting robbed. And in my head, I was just like, man, I don't want this to ever happen again. Um, i don't want to work at this place so like i and it was really weird because i told them like i want to quit like i don't want to work here but it was like they wouldn't let me quit they're just like oh no no you have to get through this you have to go to the counseling you have to come in for your shifts you need to like fight through this and like whatever and i'm just like in my head i'm like t- talking I'm, like no no like i just don't want to work here anymore <laughs> so then like i gave in my two weeks notice and and then i said like you know what i i've given my two weeks notice but i'm probably just not going to show up anymore so like uh, like okay whatever it was like my last week and i guess they had scheduled me for the next week or something like that the next two weeks so i'm at my friend's place and i'm still hanging out with these guys across the city like i'm still in contact with them and and whatever and they call me and they're like, are you coming in for your shift? And I'm I'm sitting there, and I'm pretty sure that I'm, like, five beer in on, like, some afternoon. And I'm just like, like, I'm like, I don't, what do you mean coming in? I quit. Like, I gave my two weeks notice. Anyway, and, and they, the, the weird thing was they kept going on about, like, even though that I gave my notice, like, you can't quit. It's like, you have to fight through this, and, it's like, you have to go to the counseling and all this other stuff. I feel like maybe it was on them. The reason why, like, they wanted me to do all this stuff is because it's probably, like, looks bad on their name if I didn't do this stuff, but I didn't do it anyway. Like, I never did do the counseling, and I never did anything about it because I didn't feel like it affected me at all.
0: Did you so, talk to anybody about it? Like, did you tell your friends or your grandpa? Were you like, hey, I got robbed last night, or was it just like you Oh, going go into the
1: That was the thing, too. So after it all happened, I went to my aunt's house, and I just went to bed. Like, I didn't say anything to anyone. I was so tired that I just went to bed. And the thing is, it didn't really bother me. I was shaking afterwards because, like, I don't know, just, like, people were making it a big deal. Like, the cops and my manager, and it just felt like they were just, I don't know, intimidated me, I guess. But, no, like, I went home, and I just, like, went to bed. And then when I woke up, I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I got robbed. My aunt was just like, "What?" <laughs> I was just like, yeah, and it, like, it wasn't really even like a big conversation. It was like, "Yeah, I got robbed," and like, whatever. I got to go back to my shift and like, or take a couple of days. Oh, right, I had a shift the next day. I went to it, but they said take a couple of days off, and I didn't actually end up working. I went back home. Anyway, dude, anyway. your your life is
0: honestly, it's like the same thing over and over. It's like you your grandpa breaks his leg and you go into school the next day you yeah. get robbed at a night shift of a Seven Eleven, and you're so tired and you decide to go into your next shift
1: yeah i don't know i i feel like situations that i have to deal with in my life i always have to like fight them head on i can't just like i don't know like i think the whole concept of like life goes on stays true to that like i just feel like i always just have to keep going i mean like i also feel like growing up i didn't know how to act like a normal human being so i didn't know how a normal human would act like react in this (laughs) situation and like in both situations like my grandfather and this like how do how do i even like human at this point like what am i supposed to do like like my aunt wasn't giving me any information what i should do like and like the school thing is like i didn't know that i should probably not have gone to school maybe i don't know like what i was never taught these things no one ever said anything so i just kind of the only thing that i knew was to carry on with life i guess and just keep going
0: (laughs) man you're Honestly, you are a loyal and committed dude and I think you've just figured that out on your own because nobody's <laughs> made you be this way. It's just that's the way that you are. Like I know I know the way you are now and you still exhibit those same attributes. But like you were 10 years old the school thing happened. Same same outcome, right? Like you're just loyal and committed. You get robbed, and then you're just like, "Huh, eh, I'll go to work It's amazing like it's just such a. it's interesting because that's not what the in your words normal or average person would uh would probably do in in either of those situations
1: i don't, I don't know like i it's just how I feel about things like and the thing is like maybe I'm oblivious to it. But it just, I don't, I, I just didn't know anything else. Like, same thing, it's like I see people um, all the time. It's like funerals or, or deaths or like stuff happens in somebody's life and it's like people just shut down and like get into this weird state or sometimes they can't get over it and they just, they're just stuck in that, that zone or that void for a long time and it's like. I hadn't really experienced any of that type of feeling like um yeah it was weird i think the the first time that i experienced that kind of stuff was with um my mom's passing um i didn't think i was gonna feel anything about it but i actually ended up feeling stuff that i had never felt before so i think that was the first time that i kind of like felt that way like like you know stuck in an an emotional type of state um but yeah so that was 7-eleven in a nutshell um there are still pictures somewhere of me (laughs) in my 7-eleven uniform i think sheen took them and uh yeah it was just a really weird weird time in my life
2: Yes, sir. Hello? Yeah. Remember that time when I cut a hole in your dress pants? Yeah. Why? Did still do it to you? Nope. Maybe he should. Yeah. Even up. What happened with that? What do you mean, what happened? Cut a hole in your dress pants. Yeah. And then what happened? What's that? Oh. What happened? Your <laughs> pants were ruined. That's right. how. How old was I when that happened? Oh, I don't know. My mom has a more specific memory than I do for those things. That's a lot. Yeah, you're yeah. merely clipping along with the scissors and thought you'd a little clipping on the material. I remember what happened. What? Remember, I think I was like probably four, and it was probably in that neighborhood. Yeah, I, I was super excited because mom had her sewing room and the laundry room downstairs, and she had all those bolts of fabric,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and she kept them kind of in that one closet on the far side across from the laundry room, and there was this one. Like piece of fabric which was really I thought it was sweet at the time <laughs> and it was like I don't know, it was brownish grey wool Yep. and I was like I'm going to do some arts and crafts and so I thought you'd be really proud if I cut out a heart out of this piece of fabric and uh, ran upstairs to show it to you <laughs> to find out that I showed it to mom and she said that her heart sunk because didn't have lots of money at the time and uh had saved up for those dress pants. I think they were like a Christmas present or something or you had just gotten a new pair finally. And I ruined them and she couldn't fix them. Yep. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, that's not good. But it makes makes for a good story. It does make for a good story. Yeah. you know yeah. what the whole point you know what the point of this is? Um, kids get into things that you don't want them to or you know what did Theo do? Theo didn't do anything but I came to a conclusion that instead of trying to make your own suit you're better off to have somebody make it for you I oh, do okay so if that's the case you should head on down to fapparel.com <laughs> EPHapparel.com yep. Enter promo code How do you not know the promo code? What's that? How do you not know the promo code? Oh, the promo code is um, uh, Your podcast character <laughs> It took you a while to remember <laughs> that one I don't know Sorry That's okay Enter promo code character Get 20% off And mm-hmm. they won't cut a hole out of the middle of your pants there you go you know what else is good what samurai guitarist youtube.com backslash samurai guitarist for all the production help he gives us he actually stevo did a sweet video this week it was a cover of take on me that old 80s song and he uh He did like this weird bird's eye view thing of the cameras of him playing all the instruments in his house So it's kind of like looking into the middle of a dollhouse while he's playing, it's pretty neat So people should go subscribe to him, check him out Uh, you got the message about Tim? I got the message about Tim, but this this isn't about Tim This is about saying thanks to... Me and Molly for the theme song and uh, Delicate Beats for the intro music. Check them out. And thanks everyone for listening to the podcast. That's what this is about. And that's it. Sounds good. Talk to you later. Okay.